0: Welcome to Advice with Miss B, the podcast where you'll find the advice you didn't know you needed. Join me as we dive into everyday topics from taxes to laundry and everything in between. Whether you're a high school student, college student, a young professional starting out in the workforce, or just anyone really, I aim to equip you with knowledge and insights that will make your journey through adulthood easier and more enjoyable. So, this is Advice with Miss B, and let's get this learning going. Last night, we sat down to look at our finances and it's a hot mess. We're curious where the money is currently going since it's not much of it is coming in with me staying home. We also recently moved, so we have a higher mortgage payment than before, and we need to tighten up our budget. And the first step is to see where we are spending to see what is and is not necessary. We also have some financial stuff that makes things less straightforward. So we use a computer software that I'm still in the process of understanding. It uses double entry accounting practices. I think I understand it enough to use it, but I'm not sure I understand it enough to teach it. Let's just say I highly recommend you take a basic accounting class if you get the opportunity. Valuable stuff there, even if just for personal finance. It does still use the basic idea of balancing a checkbook, though, too, when reconciling the accounts. So I thought I'd do a quick lesson on how to balance a checkbook because it applies to many things and helped me a lot when I was living on one paycheck a month. In case you didn't know, most teachers only get one check a month, while most people get paid twice a month or every two weeks. Checks seem to be a dying out. People still receive them, but I think actually having a checkbook and using it is decreasing in popularity. You can easily use a debit card at most places or just go to an ATM or bank and withdraw cash to use. Paying bills, you can now pay through linking your bank account to the bill and they'll take the money directly from your account for you. So for those of you who don't use a checkbook or don't understand how they work, let me give you some background. I don't know about before banks had computers because I didn't pay attention to what banks did if I was alive for those times. I remember household computers becoming more common so I know banks had them. When I was 12-ish, I got my first checking account and began to pay attention. They had computers. So here's how it worked. You have an account, hopefully with money in it. You write a check to pay for something, say a book from a bookstore. Yes, people really did wait patiently in line while others wrote checks. It was a thing. The bookstore takes your check and puts it with their money. You take your book and you go about your business. The bookstore would later take your check to the bank and deposit it into their account. The routing number and account numbers on the bottom of your check tells the bookstore's bank where to ask for that money from. Your bank says okay and sends them the money from your account. It's not real bills, but that's a whole different story. Imagine it is for now. This process, if done quickly, would take days. Don't mind the child in the background, by the way. In the meantime, you have other shopping to do, bills to pay, so you're writing more checks and handing them out. If you were to ask the bank how much money was in your account, they would show the same amount that you started with until that money was drafted out, which remember, could take days. Longer if you mailed a check to the electric company or something like that. So to track how much you have in your account, you would keep a checkbook register. Usually it's a little booklet that fits inside a checkbook holder, where you write the date, the check number, and who you wrote the check to, how much it was, what the remaining balance is in your account after the money comes out. Now you know how much more you have to spend. Money deposit or add into your account would also be recorded in there. Recording what you spend and make in your account is just good practice. This is the basics of tracking how much is coming in and how much is going out. If you bring in more than you spend, you should be building a savings. And if you're spending more than you make, you'll run out pretty quickly. Now, what stops you from writing all the checks in the world because it will take days for anyone to figure out you don't have the money? Well, the bank would fine you for overdrafting your account. They still do. Not only that, but businesses can charge you a fee for making them deal with it all to get their money. And if you do it enough, you could get into legal trouble and there are consequences to it. It was a big deal when Walmart and other realtors started being able to process your checks much like a credit card and check for money in the bank immediately. This also meant you couldn't go to the store and buy groceries and then deposit your paycheck the next day and still be okay. Anyway, at the end of the month, the bank would send your bank Send you a bank statement showing how much you started with, all the transactions, deposits and credits, or checks written, money taken out, that kind of thing, that the bank has processed. You sit down and you balance your checkbook. Essentially, you make sure that your record keeping matches their record keeping. And that you haven't already spent the money that the bank says you still have in your account. There could have been that electric bill that hasn't been drafted, but you did spend it. Here's where I have to dig back in my brain to remember how to do this because our software takes the numbers and does this all for us. But I used to do it every month, especially when I got paid once a month and used the idea of the zero-based budgeting technique. I added all of that month's known expenses to my checkbook register at the beginning of the month and pre-planned for that money to already be spent. Then when I bounced my checkbook, I would confirm that the amounts were the same and all of the bills had actually been drafted. My bank used to print a worksheet on the back of my bank statement that was useful to balance an account out. A quick Google search for a checkbook balancing worksheet resulted in quite a few options, and I've linked some in the show notes for you. More on that later. I even found simple lesson plans with worksheets so you can use made-up numbers and practice. Lots of banks provide the worksheets for free, and you can just print them out. Or you can use a notebook or even just paper. Writing it down is preferred so you can track what you've done. Recording this podcast with a little one in the background is not as easy as it sounded when I thought this through. Okay, step one is to go through all the transactions you have written down and what the bank has processed and printed on your statement. I say on your statement because current banking technology means we have probably, like, more have been processed and you can view them. But for this, you're only worried about what is on the actual statement. Having access to all the transactions so easily and quickly is a relatively new thing. So, match up the transactions on the statement to your checkbook register. Checkbook registers typically have a little box where you can check things off as you go. I also like to make a checkmark next to the transaction on my account statement to make sure I check them all. Transactions will be listed in the order the bank processed them, not necessarily the order you did them in. So it gets a little interesting. You should also check the amounts you have written with what the bank has. Saving receipts to look back on, the exact amount, is the smartest move. But I'll admit that I'm not the best at that part. Once all the transactions on your statement have been found in your records, you look back at what the bank has not processed yet. Step two is adding up all the deposits or credits made to your account that the statement doesn't show. I like to write them all down because the calculator and I never seem to agree right away, and I typically have to add them up a few times. But find how much you have added to your account since the statement, or that the statement doesn't show. Add this amount to what the bank says should be in your account, or the statement ending balance is what it will be labeled as. Step three is all the money you have spent that is not showing up on the statement. Any what are called outstanding debits or checks or just money spent that the bank hasn't processed yet. This is usually a lot more transactions than the deposits. And those add those all up and subtract it from the amount that you had a moment ago. This number should match what your records show as your final balance. So a quick summary is you take the final balance from the bank statement, add all the things you've added to your account that the bank hasn't dealt with yet. Subtract everything you've spent that the bank hasn't processed yet. And that number should be your number in your records. If it is not, you have to go back and check everything again. Did I mention using a pencil is a good idea for those check marks? Yeah. I would write the month of the statement instead of a check mark too. Sometimes when you have bills that are always the same amount, it can it can get confusing which ones are from which statement, okay? Go back, check the actual amounts that you wrote down, check your math. Sometimes I would actually plug things in wrong in the calculator, and my ending balance math was wrong. Now, why would you still want to do all this when you can see your account information in almost real time? Well, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you can start tracking your stuff closely and working on budgeting. Or, like I did, lived one paycheck ahead, and I could plan everything out for the month, then go back, check it against the statement, shove leftovers into savings, and repeat it all again. Even if you're living comfortably, it is a great way to monitor your spending and transactions. Watch your spending so you don't overspend, but also watch the transactions for anything you didn't do. Not paying attention to each individual transaction could allow someone to get into your account and slowly take money. Or you could still be paying for something you no longer use. That's money that could be going somewhere else. All right. So I hope you learned something from this episode. And as I mentioned briefly, I'll post show notes with some links to things on my website. That's right. I have a website. I'm cool like that. It's a work in progress, but it is BuzzGoesB.com. B-U-Z-Z-G-O-E-S-B.com. And there are links to some of the checkbook balancing worksheets that I found by quickly Googling. I also include the link to two different practice activities for balancing a checkbook. As I get going, there will be more and more things posted there, so be sure to check back later. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at buzzgoesb And when I get 100 followers, I'll start up the TikTok. After the website is finished, I plan to maybe post more to the socials. We'll see. Oh, and subscribe to the podcast. If you said it, up to automatically download, you won't miss an episode. I've got a couple interviews in the works, so you won't want to miss out on those.